Welcome to the Hope Collective Message Podcast, where we find a confident expectation of a better tomorrow in the character and promises of God. To learn more about who we are, visit thehopeco.com. Here's today's message. The sun had gone down long ago over the hills of Canaan. And as the darkness settled in, the land was covered by a quiet and familiar stillness. The sheep bleated in the distance, but beyond all of that, it was one more silent night where the world was asleep and everyone lay in their tents resting, everyone except Abram. He lay in his bed, staring into the darkness at the top of his tent again. Nights like this were becoming more and more frequent. While the world outside was growing still, Abram's heart and his mind were throbbing with noise. Why was it? Why was it that this was the time when every fear and every thought and every plan and every potentiality decided to demand an audience with him? Why was it now? Each one clamored for Abram's attention, raising its voice, drowning out the others, getting louder and louder while the world outside grew quiet and Abram lay on his back, staring at the ceiling, asking why. And as he sighed, the stillness of the tent was disrupted. And he rolled over and suddenly became aware of the steady breathing of his wife, Sarai, at his side. The two of them had seen so much over the past 10 years. They'd left everything. They'd left their homeland. They'd left their families. They'd left everything they'd ever known for a promise. They journeyed to the land of Canaan months away from their homeland of Ur. And when the famine struck, they went down to Egypt, which was a trip they still didn't talk about. When things improved, they went back to Canaan and God prospered Abram only to force him to part ways with his nephew Lot, the only member of his family that he still had any connection to. And then there was the Nine Kingdoms War and the Battle of the Sedim Valley and the midnight rescue of Lot from his prison and the meeting with Melchizedek. So much had happened over the past 10 years, everything except the one thing that they'd left everything for, the fulfillment of God's promise. Abram still remembered the sound of that voice that had spoken and said, Abram, leave your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make you famous. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and through you, all the families of the world will be blessed through your family. That was 10 years ago. And as he sat in the quiet of that tent, Abram finally allowed himself to speak into the darkness the words that he just couldn't hold in any longer. 
What family? For decades, all he and Sarai had wanted was a child. For 65 years, they had been together. And in that time, they'd watched other families, other couples get married and have kids. And they watched those kids grow up and have kids of their own who grew up and had kids of their own. They were that old by this time. And every time they saw this happen, they would smile and say, congratulations. But at the end of the day, when the sun went down and it was still just the two of them, in the quiet of that tent, they would sit on the bed and Sarai would cry. And all Abram could do was hold her. Every night they would pray for a child and every month Sarai would come to him and say, not this time. And this was the story. Year after year after year after year for decades. And had it not been for the voice, had it not been for the promise, they would have given up a long time ago. But they had been given just enough hope to be miserable. How long was this going to take? I mean, the clock was ticking. If Abram was a younger man, this may be a different story, but by all accounts, 85 years old is a little late to start the young family stage of life. How many more nights was his wife going to have to cry herself to sleep? How many more times was Abram going to have to hold her and whisper into her ear, God is going to fulfill his promises? How much longer was Abraham going to have to be the strong one when he didn't even know if he believed this anymore? How long until God made good on what he said he was going to do? And as he stared at the darkness above his bed, Abram felt himself sinking back into the noise leaving the stillness of his tent for the buzz and hum of his questions and doubts, arresting his attention, capturing his consciousness and drowning out his senses louder and louder until a voice. Whether he was awake or asleep, it was hard to tell, but that voice was unmistakable. Do not be afraid, Abram. I will protect you, and your reward will be great. It was the same voice that had called him all those years ago. It was the same voice that had said, leave your country. It was the same voice that had made the promise. This wasn't the first time that this voice had spoken to Abraham, but this would be the first time that Abram spoke back. God, what good are all of your promises when you still haven't given me a son? The words poured from Abram's heart and mouth before he even knew what was happening. Like water from a broken cup that gushed forth and with the seal broken, the flood came out. What good are all of your promises and all of your blessings when you still haven't given me a son? Because you've given me no descendants, all of my wealth will pass on to a servant in my household, Eleazar of Damascus. Because you've given me no descendants, my legacy will be passed on to a servant in my household. And the very thought brought a fierce clarity to Abram's mind. Everything, 
that he'd worked for, for 85 years. Everything that God had blessed him with, everything that he had served so well and so long to achieve, gone before his dead body was even cold to Eleazar of Damascus. He didn't even like that guy. As an employee, maybe. But as his heir? The very thought brought a heat to Abram's face in the cool of the tent. He had dared to talk back to the source of every blessing and every question he'd ever had. And if this voice was anything like the gods of that he knew from Ur and the gods he knew from Canaan, what happened next wouldn't be pretty. But Abram couldn't keep going like this. And so he set his face and held his breath and waited for God's response. No, Abram. There was kindness as the voice spoke. And Abram felt his body relax. No. Your servant will not be your heir. But I will give you a son to be your heir. And just for a moment, Abram let himself believe that this would be true. If only for this moment he allowed himself to relax because that voice spoke with a power that he couldn't understand. Like water, it doused the fire of his anger and there was a power in it to calm the storm that was inside, even if just for this moment. And Abram wondered at the same time whether or not this could really be true. And when the night was over and the sun rose the next day, would this be all that he had to go on? This vague promise of a voice in a half-remembered dream. And the voice spoke once more and said, Abram, let's take a walk. Without question, Abram, with a practiced skill, crept from his bed without waking Sarai. He peeled back the entrance to his tent and walked into the night where the blistering heat of the Canaanite sun had given way to a crisp chill. And he clutched his cloak tighter around his shoulders as he made his way past the night guards like a ghost. And with some distance between him and the rest of camp, the voice spoke once more and said, Now, Abram, look up. And for the first time in a long time, Abram turned his eyes from earth to the heavens and took in the stars those infinite, eternal, unchanging stars. He remembered how he would lay under those stars with his father, Terah, back in Ur. Those same stars that he looked at today were those same stars from his childhood. They had captivated him then and could still do so now if given the chance. He remembered how those stars had shone on the night of he and Sarai's wedding. He remembered how they shone the first night they made camp in Canaan. How they shone on their journey to and from Egypt and how they lit the way when they rescued his nephew Lot. Every step of Abram's strange and winding journey on this broken earth, those stars had been there. Brilliant, constant, untouched and untroubled by the world below. 
And as Abram took in those stars, for a moment he was struck with awe and the noise inside quieted as he took in their brilliance. Do you see those stars, Abram? The voice spoke. I see them, Lord. Good. Because I want you to count them. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I want you to count them. Abram's mind began to swim at the very thought. He opened his mouth to protest, and God said, If you can count those stars, Abram, then you'll know how many descendants I will give you. Look at those heavens. Count those stars if you can, because that is the fulfillment of my promise to you. And with his eyes still staring at the heavens above, Abram felt the brilliance and beauty and vastness of that sky full of stars begin to weigh down on him, but not a weight of burden or worry or fear, a weight of joy and a weight of glory that his heart was just too small to take in. Every one of those stars was the fulfillment of God's promise. Each one of those stars would be a part of his legacy, one of his descendants, a way that God would bless this broken earth his feet had spent so many years pounding the dust of. Each one of those stars was God's character on display, the fulfillment of his promise, each one a blessing, each one a story, each one a child. One of those stars was Abram's son. And as he looked into the heavens, overjoyed with the promise of the fulfillment of God's promise, Abram suddenly felt the smallness of his story collide with the significance of what God was doing in the world. By giving him a son, God was not just answering the prayer of an elderly couple looking to have someone to pass on their wealth to. God was answering the prayer of all creation to recover what it had lost, the presence of God in his world once again and everything that that meant. No more sorrow, no more pain. Nothing missing, nothing broken, just God and his goodness with his good world for a good future forever. And if that was the case, then maybe Abram wasn't the only one waiting. If this was the fulfillment, not just of God's promise to Abraham, but his promise to the world to bring blessing and goodness, then maybe as much as Abram was waiting Maybe God was waiting too. And maybe he had not asked Abram to do anything that he himself wasn't familiar with. And there under the stars, Abram decided that he would take God at his word. And he laughed. For the first time in a long time, Abram laughed. He laughed at the joy of what God had promised to do. He laughed at the absurdity that this could all be real. And he laughed at the fact that despite everything that had happened, despite how long he had waited, despite all the times that God hadn't come through yet, 
And despite what the rest of the world would say and what his circumstances would tell him, Abram would still choose to believe. And that was all God needed. Abram believed God. He took him at his word. And the Lord counted Abram as righteous because of his faith. And as he looked up into the sky, time passed. And he realized that he had been staring in wonder under those stars. And the voice had stopped speaking. But he didn't need to hear anything more. And as he walked back to camp, he went back with something more than what he'd left with. His circumstances hadn't changed. He would still have to have this weird conversation with Sarai in the morning. But he was going back to his tent with hope. Caught between the middle of God's promise made and God's promise kept. Abram chose to trust the character of the one who had promised and hang to a confident expectation that tomorrow was going to be better no matter what the next day might hold. And as he went back to his tent and crept back into bed to be next to his wife, he smiled and sighed and drifted off to sleep. The sun rose the next day bright and clear and the voice was gone. And so were those stars. Those stars that were symbols of the promise could no longer be seen, but Abram knew that they were still there. Even when sun and cloud hid them from his sight, those stars still shone infinite, eternal, and unchanging. And Abram held on to the promise symbolized by those stars and the character of the one who had hung them there in the first place, who was infinite, eternal, and unchanging, just like the promise that he had made. And every once in a while, Abram would climb out of bed in the middle of the night, careful not to wake his wife, wave to the night guards as he passed out of camp and ease his creaking bones into the dust just to look at those stars and remember the promise that had been spoken and the one who had spoke and said, so shall your descendants be. For everyone who would look at those stars who have chosen to take God at his word, they are a reminder of the promises and the character of the one who spoke to Abram And as the story unfolds, Abram would not be the last to look at those stars and think about the presence of the one who had brought him hope. Prophets and seers straining their souls to hear the voice of God in a world gone wrong, longing for his shalom and his rightness to reign once more, would look at those stars and be reminded of the presence of the one who brought peace. A man named John A voice crying in the wilderness alone, an outcast, would sleep under those stars, thinking about the one whose presence he would spend his entire life preparing the way for, out of love. And a young woman named Mary, chosen by God, but misunderstood by the world, 
would lay in her bed, look out her window at that sky full of stars, with her eyes full of tears, but joy in her heart at the presence she now carried and would soon share with the world, Emmanuel, God with us. To be the people of God is to be a people caught in the in-between of God's promise made and God's promise kept. And just as the faith of Abraham was passed on to generation to generation, so it is for us who wait on God. Trust in his character and promises that God is who he says he is and will do what he said he will do is what sustains us in the in-between as we long for the goodness and the glory of God that he said would be. And so we take a cue from Abram under the stars and we take God at his word. And we believe in that better tomorrow, even if we never live to see it. Because those stars remain and God's presence remains infinite, eternal, and unchanging. And in this moment, each and every one of us has an opportunity to respond to what God would speak to us about what it means for us to be caught in the in-between. And as the band comes up and begins to play, we're invited to think about where we find ourselves in the middle, between God's promise made and God's promise kept. A circumstance or situation that we may find ourselves in this Christmas season where what we need is hope. Our circumstances might not change, but we need something to get us through. Even if that doesn't happen, we need to be reminded of the character and promises of the one who has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. God with us. And as we stare out into this broken world and hear the stories continue to pour through in the news and in our conversations, we are reminded that just as Jesus came once, he is coming again. We find ourselves in the in-between, asking how long, God? How long until you fulfill your promise? How long until you come back and fix this broken earth? How long until you bring this blessing once again? And he says, the blessing is with you. So go and be the people of hope that I've created you to be, even as you long to see your hope fulfilled in my son returning. To be the people of God is to be a people caught in the in-between and to find ourselves clinging to the hope of God with us. Can we pray together? God, we thank you for the story and we thank you for the Holy Spirit that speaks in our hearts and we invite you now to speak clearly the words that you would have each and every one of us here. Remind us of who you are. Remind us of your promises and strengthen our hearts that we would not grow weary in our waiting. And we are comforted to know that you are a God who has not asked us to do anything that you are unfamiliar with. You do not just support us as we wait. You know what it means to wait. And so we look to you as our strength, as our joy, as our hope, as our peace and our love. And we say, come Lord Jesus, be with us.
Thanks for spending time with the Hope Collective. If you appreciated this message, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. You can also leave a rating or review, which will help other listeners find us online. Thanks again for joining us.